After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right. Good morning. It's good to be with you in worship today. Thank you for being here, for braving that snow. Uh, welcome to all of the thousands of you who are joining us as well online in the comfort of your pajamas at home. I love the fact that technology allows us to worship wherever we are, right? And it even reaches across time and space in some incredible ways. So even to those of you who are worshiping through a podcast right now, we say welcome to worship. It is good to be in worship this morning. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we are on week two on the sermon series looking at trying to understand and see more as it relates to our worship and our worship experience. And we've been doing this specifically through the lens of the wise men. There's a a famous biblical story of these three uh, kings, philosophers, these, these three guys who traveled across uh, a huge, vast distance to find uh, Jesus uh, lying in a manger. It's this great big story, and uh, to this day you're going to see all sorts of caricatures and pictures of them, and you're going to see cartoons of them. And so I thought it would be good to start with some cartoons of the wise men, because the wise men are famous for bringing gifts. I thought we could do some cartoons of them as it relates to gifts. Here's the first one for you there. Right, we picked up the gold and the myrrh, what on earth is that? Eh? You get it, right? Frankincense, Frankenstein. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many people know frankincense is one of the gifts. That's a Frankenstein, a little different. All right, here you go. You know, guys, rumor has it the baby shivers in the cold. Maybe instead of gold or perfume, he'd enjoy a blanket? They were traveling through Wisconsin at the time. I, the fourth wise man, bring fruitcake. <laughs> Maybe a Midwestern. This guy traveled from the Midwest as well. And here's the best one. After the three's, three wise men left, the three wiser women arrived. Fresh diapers, casseroles for a week, lots of formula. <laughs> right? It's kind of good, it's kind of fun to start there because the wise men, one of the, one of the parts of the scriptures, part of that, their story of the wise men is how they bring gifts, right? The three gifts of the wise men. They bring these valuable, important gifts and they are known for traveling this long way to bear and bring and bless the Christ child with these gifts and how that is part of their worship experience is the act of bringing and placing before God their gifts. It's an important principle. It's an important understanding. If you're a Christian, this will make a lot more sense to you if you're a Christian. If you're a non-Christian, this is part of how we as Christians understand our faith and specifically our worship practice, that the bringing of 
gifts and the laying of our gifts before Christ, before this, this, this Messiah who has come into this world, that is part of our worship experience. And the reason that it is part of our worship experience is because we understand as Christians that what's taking place here is not just us bringing God our gifts, but in turn, God exchanges gifts with us. That there is actually in the experience of worship a gift exchange. You guys ever been to one of those really funny gift exchanges where you bring like the white elephant thing and you got to like pass it around and stuff and they're really awkward? I'll admit, they're really hard for me. Gift exchanges, I like cringe when I think about a gift exchange. But when I step back and I realize how a gift exchange takes place in worship, in relation to my faith, there, there is great depth, there is great meaning, and there is huge value in understanding what God is giving to us and what we, in turn, are giving to God. The scriptures that, that this is based out of, again, with the wise men, comes from Matthew in the second chapter, and specifically the 11th verse. It's on your half sheet if you want to bring it up on your app as well, or in your Bible, you want to highlight it. It's up on the screen. Here you go. Matthew chapter 2, and it starts in verse 11, and this is the same verse that we looked at last week. They, that is the three wise men, these philosophers, these kings, they entered the house and they saw the child, that is Jesus, with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. Now what's amazing about this is this is actually the front half of verse 11. It's one of the more popular verses in the Bible when we talk about the wise men. But what we often miss is the second half is got to do with bringing their gifts. This is the second half of the exact same verse. Then they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those gifts would be used to provide for Christ and his family, paved the way for a flight to Egypt. Uh, they I hold deep, deep symbolism. Um, for those of you who are interested in digging into words and what things represent, a lot of people, a lot of academics uh, suspect that gold kind of respects king, kingship. And so Christ as a king, uh, frankincense is, is tied to like uh, incense in the burning of things, and it's related to worship practices. And so it's kind of suggesting or implying that Christ is also not only king, but priest or high priest in our faith tradition, and then you have myrrh, and myrrh is like a spice. It's something that you would actually use. It's a perfume that you would wrap sometimes uh, bodies in as they are in the experience of deteriorating to help offset. You would load bodies up with spices in, in, in that time and place. And so a lot of people kind of can already see a forecast that at the very beginning of his birth, there is already an understanding and a forecast of Christ's own death in the representation of myrrh. Fascinating to see how important these gifts truly are. Some people, if, 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 if they're new to the story and new to what's going on, they ask the question of like, why, why do these wise men show up to give these gifts? Why are they giving gifts? Why do Christians give gifts? You ever ask the question of in the Christmas tradition where gift giving kind of came from? Why do we give the gifts? 
No, you're all like, just give me the gifts, which, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there's, there's, there's a reason behind this whole gift giving and this gift exchange that takes place in the Christmas and the holiday season. And, 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 and we as Christians see and understand and we believe that we choose to be generous and to give gifts to others because we know, we understand that we first have been given gifts. We give because God has given to us. We give because God has already gifted us. There's a great verse in the Bible that comes out of 1 John that has to do with love, right? And hopefully when you're giving a gift, you're giving a gift out of love. Here it comes in 1 John where it says, We love because He, that is God, first loved us. In the same way, we give because God first gave to us. You know what? There's, there's going to be a, a football game later today. There's going to be a Packer game going on. And I guarantee you there will be someone on TV who is going to hold up a sign. And that sign will have a Bible verse on it. It's at every game. I don't know if he's just got season tickets across the nation or what. But there is always that sign in the end zone. You know what I'm talking about? It's a famous verse. It's one of the first ones that Christians get to know. Right? Do you guys know what it is? It's... John 3.16. Yeah, nice. All right, so there's this famous verse. It's John 3.16, right? So here's John 3.16 for you. But I left a really important word out of John 3.16. So I'm going to read it. And if you know the word when I get to the blank, shout out the word. If you know the word, shout it out when I read, okay? For God so loved the world that he... Gave, God gave, God gifted, God bestowed, God gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him may not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, right. So we know, we seem to understand as a Christian people that God gives. God is generous with us. And He chooses in in His godliness to give to you His Son. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we do this whole Christmas season, is remembering and recalling and returning to the story of how God first gave to us His Son, the person of Jesus Christ, and all that Jesus would would be for us to this very day. When we talk about God's generosity, when we talk about gift giving, when we talk about this gift exchange, underlying it at its base and at its foundation is the understanding that God is a loving and compassionate God who gives. And the most important exchange that ever took place was when He gave His Son for our sake. The person of Jesus Christ. You see, worship, worship is our experience of exchanging with God, receiving what He has given to us, and in turn giving back to Him the gifts that we bring to Him. It is our worship experience when you show up Theologically, what's taking place is a worship exchange of gifts. That's what happens on Sunday morning. You are given 
Jesus Christ and His love and His compassion and His forgiveness and grace. That's at the heart of our worship. It's a big theological term. It's really this fancy big term in in all these dry seminarian texts. They call it the happy exchange. That's the way it gets translated. Uh, The vernacular would be the sweet swap. I had a professor who was always about the sweet swap, the sweet swap, and nobody knew what he was talking about until he was like, come on, the happy exchange. And they're like, oh, yeah. The sweet swap in Latin, it's there, the, the mirifica communitatio. Say that ten times fast. And what that means is, is kind of this, this happy, this sweet, this glorious, wondrous, happy communion where you and God come together and there is an exchange of characteristics. That's what communion means when you commune with someone. It's the coming together and the sharing of characteristics. And even, even outside of like a churchy context, when you talk about communing, it's, it's this idea of coming together and sharing or holding in common, right? And in, in a Christian understanding, in a Christian context, it is the exchange of our characteristics. So what takes place in the happy exchange in this really deep and profound way is God communing, sharing, giving exchanging his characteristics and that of his son with you and with me. There's this famous guy who, who coined this term. His name is Martin Luther. You ever hear Martin Luther before? Bunch of guys have heard of this guy. Really big theologian guy, super cool monk. He's hanging out in Germany and just started like writing some stuff that was blowing people's minds back in the day. And he really started a worldwide movement to get back at the very heart of what it means to be a Christian. And he believed that at the heart of what it means to be a Christian is Christ. Huh, what a thought. That at, at the heart of, of what it means to be a Christian is Jesus Christ and what he gives us. Because he gives us himself. The fancy way of, of Luther saying this is like this. this is, uh, there's a great portrait of Luther. He says it like this. This, the happy exchange, this is the mystery of the riches of divine grace for sinners, for broken people who've made mistakes. For by a wonderful exchange, our sins are now not ours, but Christ's. And Christ's righteousness is not Christ's alone, but in fact, it is ours. It is yours. He's drawing on some great biblical verses. Let me give you one or two here. Here's one from Romans chapter 3. It says this, the righteousness, this, this righteousness, righteousness is a churchy word, it's a religious word for saying right standing with God. The, the right standing or right relationship with God is given through faith, it is given by God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And then in 2 Corinthians, there's another great verse that gets at some of this stuff. It says this, God made him who had no sin, that is Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, to take onto himself, to take into himself our mistakes, our misdeeds, our sin, our brokenness, and that we in turn we might become the righteousness 
of God, we might have that right standing with God. In a much less complicated way, what this means, what this gets at, and why it's so important to our worship experience is that when you and I come to worship, we come as we are. We come with our hurt, our pain. We come with whatever is going on in our life. We come with our brokenness and our misdeeds, things that have been done unto us, things that we have done. We come as we are to worship and we say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, here I am and I give myself to you. All that I am, just as I am. And we give ourselves to the living God and to His Son, Jesus the Christ, as our act of worship. That's what we give. All the bad stuff, frankly. All the messiness that we bring, we give to our God. And in turn, our God gives you His forgiveness, His love, His compassion. God gives you in worship the promise to love you and cherish you and accept you and receive you just as you are and to be at work in your life in mysterious and miraculous ways to bring healing and hope where there is none. Jesus Himself gives you His life, His righteousness, His right standing before God. So that when God looks at you, when God looks through you, He looks through the lens of the cross. He looks through the lens of His Son and what His Son has given you and sees His child. When God looks at you, He sees you as His child. Because Jesus has given you the standing, the position of being a child to the living God. That is the sweet swap. The happy exchange where we give God who we are. And in turn, He gives us His Son, Jesus who would take into himself all of our brokenness and our messiness. And he would put that all to death upon a cross. He would grow up. We receive him as a child. This is what we celebrate this month. And yet as he continues to grow, the cross is foreshadowed in his future. He would take our brokenness and put it to death on a cross. And in turn give us life and hope and love. You are loved. And forgiven. And God gives you righteousness through His Son, Jesus the Christ. Our response in this all, all our, our experience of all of this, what we try to describe this as is worship. 
the heart of our worship lies the exchange of our brokenness with the perfection and the grace and the goodness of Jesus the Christ. That's what happens when you show up to worship on Sunday mornings. The happy exchange. If you're a non-Christian, this will not make sense to you. (laughs) You have to experience this to know it. I want to make an invitation to you to think about this, pray about this. If you're not a Christian and you've been thinking and exploring about all this stuff, there is nothing that will make you experience more joy, more satisfaction, more hope, and more happiness than coming before a living God and saying, God, this is me, take me as I am, and give me your good stuff. Give me your son and all that he did for me. Give me your love and your forgiveness, God. We as Christians, we do this every morning when we wake up, right? (laughs) Every day we do this. Where we come before our God and say, God, I worship you, and I give you all that I am today. And I ask that you would give me the strength and the passion to live as your child. We live as his people in worship through this happy exchange. Now what's really cool about that is that this is not just some ethereal, theological, kind of out there thing. There's like a practical side to this. God not only gives us these spiritual gifts that He bestows on us, the standing that He gives us, but there's some really practical stuff that comes along with this exchange. Like there's some concrete elements that reflect and and convey and carry forward this exchange. There's some practical stuff here. So I'll give give you some examples. When we come before God, right, we give Him things like our words, right? We give Him our praise. We give Him our thanksgiving. We sing to Him. And, and we, this is how we convey to Him and give Him the gift of ourselves. We give Him our finances. We don't hold anything back. Christ Church, we know about that because we talk about being radically generous all the time. Why are we radically generous? Because God has already given unto us, so too we likewise now give unto others, right? We don't hold anything back. Service and what service means. Oh my gosh, how many of you helped serve at the Bethlehem Experience in the last two days? Lots of hands. Thank you for worshiping God and offering yourself and giving Him and His kingdom and His church the gift of your service. That's huge. It is absolutely huge. It is one of the ways that we worship. I had a great conversation actually just last night with one of our sound guys. They're serving all the time. These sound guys are busting their butts to make sure that we can hear and that I sound good. (laughs) And they are working so hard. And last night I was talking to one of the guys and I was just saying thank you. And he's like, yeah, it's good, man. I, I, I don't do this just to do this. I do this because it's for God. And I kind of stopped and looked at him. He's like, yeah, I do this because this is, this is how I give God glory. This is what he was saying is this is how I worship. This is one of the ways that I give God glory and honor and worship. It's beautiful. It's an incredible thing. So even our testimonies, the way that we talk, the way that we live our lives, the way that we convey ourselves to others, that is all part of how we give ourselves 
to God. And conversely, God gives us some really tangible, practical things too that make a world of difference. Things like the Bible. If you start reading this thing, oh my goodness, your life will change. Your life will change for the better. When you start digging into the Word and learning about it and getting into it, why do you think every week Pastor Bob and I are taking you into Matthew chapter 2 and taking you into Romans today? Because this is a powerful gift God has given us. God gives us things like communion. He gives us baptism, these sacred rituals where, where these experiences are made tangible. Where actually in, in, in baptism and in communion, you have tangibly the happy exchange. Why do we do communion every week here at Christ Church? Because it's a happy exchange tangibly. Where you come forward as you are, literally, physically, you come forward. And you say, Lord, here I am. And you stick out your hands, hoping to receive the gift that He gives. And indeed, He does. He gives in this miraculous way through communion His love and His grace and His forgiveness. Same thing with baptism. Today, we've got a baptism today. It's this incredible experience where God reaches down through water and through words and gives a promise to say, I love you and I will be with you always. He gives us the people around us. He gives us community, especially for those of you who know the power of a small group and how incredible that can be. Uh, God gives us that. That's one of the gifts we receive. And then I put under the practical sense, spiritual gifts. I know that's confusing because it's like, wait a minute, spiritual gifts, practical? Yes, spiritual gifts are talked about in the Bible, and they are, are terribly practical, actually, because they are applied in how we live our lives. You guys have, if you're a Christian you have been hardwired by the Holy Spirit with some really cool, unique gifts. To give you an idea, one of my gifts is preaching and teaching. Big surprise, guess what I'm doing? I am, yeah, preaching and teaching. I am worshiping God by employing the gift that He's given me. I'm putting it to use and putting it into practice, the gift that I have been given. The Bible talks about these things, these practical elements in a couple different, bunch of different places, actually. Here's just two quick ones. 1 Corinthians 16 talks about our resources and finances. It says now, this is the Apostle Paul writing, he says, Now I write to you about the collection of money for God's people. Do the same thing I told you to do in the Galatians church. That is, to keep money is one of those things that we come and we bring before God. We bring our resources before Him and say, God, it's yours. What do you want to do with it? It's, you, it's for you and your kingdom. And then the spiritual gifts that I just mentioned a moment ago. 1 Corinthians, now about the gifts of the Spirit. And then that whole chapter unpacks what all of those gifts are. You see, the Bible and the biblical story, the magi, the, the three wise men, they come before their God in the person of Jesus Christ. And they worship Him by having this gift exchange. Bringing their gifts and receiving the gift of Jesus and His presence. The invitation for you, the invitation in your life and in your spiritual practice is to do the same. 
when you come to worship, when you bring yourself to worship, when you receive what God has given you in worship, that is you stepping into the fullness of the happy exchange and giving God glory and honor and praise. Worship. This morning, the invitation to you, experience the happy exchange. Worship a God who loves you, and desires to be involved in your life, and give you His Son, Jesus the Christ. Let's invite those gifts and invite that into our lives through prayer. Please join me in praying. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this morning and the chance to worship. We worship you, we praise you, and we give you our hearts. We give you all that we are, broken as we are, with whatever situations are going on in our lives right now, whatever challenges we are facing, whatever troubles we are experiencing, whatever darkness that nags at us, we come before you as we are. And we give you our very lives. They are completely yours. We ask in your mercy and in your grace that you would be good and true to your word and give us your son. Give us Christ, whom we need so desperately. Through him, give us faith, give us courage, give us strength to endure. Give us your forgiveness. Give us life. The life Jesus Christ would live himself. We worship you. And we praise you. And we thank you that we can exchange these gifts as an act of holy and precious worship. This we lift to you, our prayers we give to you. In Jesus' name, amen.